real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still recognize, will. Like we always do with this time. Welcome, folks, to the KIRP Radio Show. Another beautiful Sunday, man, 8.03 p.m. after this. Well, I guess on this Independence Weekend still, uh, even as it comes to a close on this Sunday, uh, it's still considered, you know, Independence Weekend, July 4th weekend, Firecracker Weekend. Uh, some would call it Beach Weekend. Uh, nonetheless, we're here, folks. So, B.I.G., shout out to everybody out there who are listening to the show uh, live and who listen to the archive show. I appreciate you guys the same, no matter how you're listening. Uh, Just to let you guys know, uh, there's a few ways that you can listen to the show. For all my newcomers out there, 
Uh, we're on, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, make sure you add us on Twitter. We definitely try to follow back, part of team follow back, uh, at symbol KRP radio show. And my personal was at symbol NC Pudgy. Uh, don't spend a lot of time on there. My IG goes directly to my Twitter. So, you know, it's just another way to keep up with your boy. Also, you can catch us on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash KIRP radio show. Another way to catch up with the show and uh, interact with us and, you know, talk about the things that you'd like to talk about and maybe comment on some of the stories that are posted on uh, KIRP's Facebook presence. Um, we're all over the place, man. Shout out to all my iTunes listeners on there. I appreciate the iTunes support we get. Definitely, we're on fire. It's growing every day. And I'm appreciative of that. Uh, And I'm also appreciative of uh, life in general. You know, got to big up and give honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank God for being here. Thank God for being alive and uh, that we made it through another day, man. You know, I think people get so caught up in the things that they do uh, in their lives that uh, it, it becomes a nuisance almost to thank God out loud. And and, and I say a nuisance because some people are simply, they're afraid to thank God because of the criticism that they'll get. Uh, That's not saying that they don't love God. It's not saying that they don't accept God and they praise God. But I think people carry themselves in such a way that some of the things that they say may be controversial if they seem like they're followers of Jesus Christ. But let me tell everybody out there who feel like that, who may feel um, bashful and 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 possibly ashamed uh, of because of some of the actions that they carry out, some of the things they may do. If you post the club pictures and and your liquor pictures and your wine pictures, look, man, do you be human, do your thing, but don't let anybody make you ashamed of uh, worshiping Christ and being who you are. And if you're a follower and a believer of Christ like I am, you know, don't let anybody. Uh, sway you away from that pre- showing that you're in that presence, that you're in that state of mind, that that that's your belief. All right. So God bless you all out there, and uh, you know we're definitely blessed for being here another day, as I said before. Uh, if you go on our Facebook page, folks, you'll see a story uh, where Chris Rock tweeted out something uh, that went kind of something like this. I don't have the exact quote verbatim, but this is pretty much what he said. Uh, He said, black folks, uh, happy Independence Day to black, happy white Independence Day or white July 4th to uh, everybody out there. And something like, you know, even though uh, white folks had their independence, you know, black people still get got to see fireworks or slaves still got to see fireworks or, or something to that nature. And, um, you know, I read that and I, and I, me being who I am and, and, and understanding the history for which it stands, I get why a lot of black people, uh, make those comments and I get why a lot of black people feel like that. But my question to all of that is, First of all, this is 2014, and whether we like it or not, we're post-slave era uh, in terms of being slaves when you attribute it to black and white people in America. 
So we're post that era. Now, I understand that there are some injustices. There are some racial injustices, some true racial injustices out there uh, that, that, and, and some despair, some disparity out there that, you know, that we definitely need the whole conversation about. We definitely need to talk about. We definitely need to legislate on. And, and, and there's a few honest conversations that need to be had, uh, whether you like it or not. Um, but we're not in 1964 anymore. You know, we're not in 1965. We're definitely not in the 17, 1800s. You know, this is 2014, and, you know, as black people for which it stands, we share a lot of the freedoms, a lot of the same freedoms that uh, our white brothers and sisters and ancestors have had long before uh, we've had them in America. But today I can I can say that we share those, and, and I could also say uh, and, and this is true for which it stands, folks. You guys know me. I'm happy to be a black man. I'm happy to be a black individual in America. That's me. And uh, But I also got to say, you know, being able to have a radio show like this, being able to be a comedian and make millions of dollars off of your freedom of speech, uh, you know, that part shouldn't go unwarranted. Like, we shouldn't uh, – you should be able to discern especially being someone to the caliber and as controversial as a comedian as those like such as as a Chris Rocket and uh, myself included, you know. So I thought that it would be a good idea as as I was going to put a speech on here from someone else for July 4th because this is supposed to be vacation day for me. But here I am on the show live and you know it is what it is. But for the bulk of the show, what I'm getting ready to play for you all is a speech that was given by uh, one of my favorite uh, 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 heroes, if you will, uh, to say the least, uh, the Honorable Frederick Douglass. Uh, a speech that he gave on, I believe, July 5th, uh, 1852. I'm not, I'm not sure the year. I could be wrong. Pardon me if I'm wrong. Pardon me. I, I don't, I'm not sure what the year is. But nonetheless, here's a speech that I'm going to play for you guys. It's 18 minutes long, uh, almost 19 minutes, of Frederick Douglass uh, talking about what July 4th means to the Negro and uh, what I like to refer to the so-called Negro because I truly understand what a Negro is, and, and that is not who black people are. Uh, in society today, but at that time, it was uh, what Independence Day means to the Negro in America. So I'm going to play that speech, and uh, then we're going to end the show, and you won't hear another word from me, but folks, I challenge you guys to listen to this. I always challenge you guys to communicate your ideas, and uh, give me some feedback. Let me know what you feel about that uh, Chris Rock tweet and uh, what you feel about the show. And uh, also, you know, what do you feel about this speech given by uh, one of my heroes, the great Frederick Douglass? All right. Thanks for rocking with the KRP Radio Show. Here's the speech, folks. One love. The Meaning of July 4th for the Negro by Frederick Douglass. Fellow citizens, I am not wanting in respect for the fathers of this republic. 
The signers of the Declaration of Independence were brave men. They were great men, too, great enough to give frame to a great age. It does not often happen to a nation to raise, at one time, such a number of truly great men. The point from which I am compelled to view them is not, certainly, the most favorable, and yet I cannot contemplate their great deeds with less than admiration. They were statesmen, patriots, and heroes, and for the good they did, and the principles they contended for, I will unite with you to honor their memory. Fellow citizens, pardon me, allow me to ask, why am I called upon to speak here today? What have I, or those I represent, to do with your national independence? Are the great principles of political freedom and of natural justice embodied in that Declaration of Independence extended to us? And am I, therefore, called upon to bring our humble offering to the national altar and to confess the benefits and express devout gratitude for the blessings resulting from your independence to us? Would to God, both for your sakes and ours, that an affirmative answer could be truthfully returned to those questions. Then would my task be light, and my burden easy and delightful. For who is there so cold, that a nation's sympathy could not warm him? Who so obdurate and dead to the claims of gratitude, that would not thankfully acknowledge such priceless benefits? Who so stolid and selfish, that would not give his voice to swell the hallelujahs of a nation's jubilee when the chains of servitude had been torn from his limbs. I am not that man. In a case like that, the dumb might eloquently speak, and the lame man leap as an art. But such is not the state of the case. I say it with a sad sense of the disparity between us. I am not included within the pale of glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought light and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This Fourth July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice. I must mourn. To drag a man in fetters into the grand illuminated temple of liberty and call upon him to join you in joyous anthems or inhuman mockery and sacrilegious irony. Do you mean, citizens, to mock me by asking me to speak today? If so, there is a parallel to your conduct, and let me warn you that it is dangerous to copy the example of a nation whose crimes, towering up to heaven, were thrown down by the breath of the Almighty, burying that nation in irrevocable ruin. I can today take up the plaintive lament of a peeled and woe-smitten people. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there, they that carried us away captive, required of us a song. And they who wasted us, required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. 
How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. Fellow citizens, above your national tumultuous joy, I hear the mournful wail of millions, whose chains, heavy and grievous yesterday, are today rendered more intolerable by the jubilee shouts that reach them. If I do forget, if I do not faithfully remember those bleeding children of sorrow this day, may my right hand forget her cunning, and may my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth, to forget them, to pass lightly over their wrongs, and to chime in with the popular theme, would be treason most scandalous and shocking, and would make me a reproach before God and the world. My subject, then, fellow citizens, is American slavery. I shall see this day, and its popular characteristics, from the slave's point of view. Standing there, identified with the American bondman, making his wrongs mine, I do not hesitate to declare with all my soul that the character and conduct of this nation never looked blacker to me than on this 4th of July. Whether we turn to the declarations of the past or to the professions of the present, the conduct of the nation seems equally hideous and revolting. America is false to the past, false to the present, and solemnly binds herself to be false to the future. Standing with God and the crushed and bleeding slave on this occasion, I will, in the name of humanity which is outraged, in the name of liberty which is fettered, in the name of the Constitution and the Bible which are disregarded and trampled upon, dare to call in question and to denounce with all the emphasis I can command, Everything that serves to perpetuate slavery, the great sin and shame of America, I will not equivocate, I will not excuse, I will use the severest language I can command, and yet not one word shall escape me that any man whose judgment is not blinded by prejudice, or who is not at heart a slaveholder, shall not confess to be right and just." But I fancy I hear someone of my audience say, It is just in this circumstance that you and your brother abolitionists fail to make a favorable impression on the public mind. Would you argue more and denounce less? Would you persuade more and rebuke less? Your cause would be much more likely to succeed. But I submit, where all is plain, there is nothing to be argued. What point in the anti-slavery creed would you have me argue? On what branch of the subject do the people of this country need light? Must I undertake to prove that the slave is a man? That point is conceded already. Nobody doubts it. The slaveholders themselves acknowledge it in the enactment of laws for their government. They acknowledge it when they punish disobedience on the part of the slave. There are seventy-two crimes in the state of Virginia which, if committed by a black man, no matter how ignorant he be, subject him to the punishment of death, while only two of the same crimes will subject a white man to the like punishment. What is this but the acknowledgment that the slave is a moral, intellectual, and responsible being? The manhood of the slave is conceded. 
it is admitted in the fact that southern statute books are covered with enactments forbidding, under severe fines and penalties, the teaching of the slave to read or to write. When you can point to any such laws in reference to the beasts of the field, then I may consent to argue the manhood of the slave. When the dogs in your streets, when the fowls of the air, when the cattle on your hills, when the fish of the sea, and the reptiles that crawl, shall be unable to distinguish the slave from a brute, then will I argue with you that the slave is a man. For the present, it is enough to affirm the equal manhood of the Negro race. Is it not astonishing that, while we are plowing, planting and reaping, using all kinds of mechanical tools, erecting houses, constructing bridges, building ships, working in metals of brass, iron, copper, silver, and gold, that, while we are reading, writing, and ciphering, acting as clerks, merchants, and secretaries, having among us lawyers, doctors, ministers, poets, authors, editors, orators, and teachers, that, while we are engaged in all manner of enterprises common to other men, digging gold in California, capturing the whale in the Pacific, feeding sheep and cattle on the hillside, living, moving, acting, thinking, planning, living in families as husbands, wives, and children, and above all, confessing and worshipping the Christian's God, and looking hopefully for life and immortality beyond the grave. We are called upon to prove that we are men. Would you have me argue that man is entitled to liberty? that he is the rightful owner of his own body. You have already declared it. Must I argue the wrongfulness of slavery? Is that a question for Republicans? Is it to be settled by the rules of logic and argumentation, as a matter beset with great difficulty, involving a doubtful application of the principle of justice, hard to be understood? How should I look today, in the presence of Americans, dividing and subdividing a discourse, to show that men have a natural right to freedom. Speaking of it relatively and positively, negatively and affirmatively, to do so would be to make myself ridiculous and to offer an insult to your understanding. There is not a man beneath the canopy of heaven that does not know that slavery is wrong for him. What am I to argue that it is wrong to make men brutes, to rob them of their liberty, to work them without wages, to keep them ignorant of their relations to their fellow men, to beat them with sticks, to flay their flesh with the lash, to load their limbs with irons, to hunt them with dogs, to sell them at auction, to sunder their families, to knock out their teeth, to burn their flesh, to starve them into obedience and submission to their masters. Must I argue that a system thus marked with blood and stained with pollution is wrong? No, I will not. I have better employment for my time and strength than such arguments would imply. What then remains to be argued? Is it that slavery is not divine, that God did not establish it, that our doctors of divinity are mistaken? There is blasphemy in the thought. That which is inhuman cannot be divine. Who can reason on such a proposition? They that can may, I cannot. The time for such argument is past. 
At a time like this, scorching irony, not convincing argument, is needed. Oh, had I the ability, and could reach the nation's ear, I would today pour out a fiery stream of biting ridicule, blasting reproach, withering sarcasm, and stern rebuke. For it is not light that is needed, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed. And its crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and denounced. What to the American slave is your Fourth of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him, more than all other days in the year, the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim. To him your celebration is a sham, your boasted liberty an unholy license, your national greatness swelling vanity, your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless, your denunciation of tyrants brass-fronted impudence, your shouts of liberty and equality hollow mockery, your prayers and hymns your sermons and thanksgivings, with all your religious parade and solemnity, are, to him, mere bombast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy, a thin veil to cover up crimes which would disgrace a nation of savages. There is not a nation on the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of the United States at this very hour. Go where you may, Search where you will, roam through all the monarchies and despotisms of the old world, travel through South America, search out every abuse, and when you have found the last, lay your facts by the side of the everyday practices of this nation, and you will say with me that, for revolting barbarity and shameless hypocrisy, America reigns without a rival. Allow me to say, in conclusion, Notwithstanding the dark picture I have this day presented of the state of the nation, I do not despair of this country. There are forces in operation which must inevitably work the downfall of slavery. The arm of the Lord is not shortened, and the doom of slavery is certain. I, therefore, leave off where I began with hope. While drawing encouragement from the Declaration of Independence, the great principles it contains, and the genius of American institutions, my spirit is also cheered by the obvious tendencies of the age. Nations do not now stand in the same relation to each other that they did ages ago. No nation can now shut itself up from the surrounding world and trot round in the same old path of its fathers without interference. The time was when such could be done. Long-established customs of hurtful character could formally fence themselves in and do their evil work with social impunity. Knowledge was then confined and enjoyed by the privileged few, and the multitude walked on in mental darkness. But a change has now come over the affairs of mankind. Walled cities and empires have become unfashionable. The arm of commerce has borne away the gates of the strong city. Intelligence is penetrating the darkest corners of the globe. It makes its pathway over and under the sea, as well as on the earth. Wind, 
steam and lightning are its chartered agents. Oceans no longer divide, but link nations together. From Boston to London is now a holiday excursion. Space is comparatively annihilated. Thoughts expressed on one side of the Atlantic are distinctly heard on the other. The far-off and almost fabulous Pacific rolls in grandeur at our feet. The celestial empire, the mystery of ages, is being solved. The fiat of the Almighty, let there be light, has not yet spent its force. No abuse, no outrage, whether in taste, sport, or avarice, can now hide itself from the all-pervading light. The iron shoe and crippled foot of China must be seen in contrast with nature. Africa must rise and put on her yet unwoven garment. Ethiopia shall stretch out her hand unto God. In the fervent aspirations of William Lloyd Garrison, I say, and let every heart join in saying it. Godspeed, the year of jubilee, the wide world over, when from their galling chains set free, the oppressed shall vilely bend the knee, and wear the yoke of tyranny like brutes no more. That year will come, and freedom's reign, to man his plundered rights again, restore. Godspeed the day when human blood shall cease to flow. In every clime be understood the claims of human brotherhood, and each return for evil, good, not blow for blow. That day will come all feuds to end, and change into a faithful friend each foe. Godspeed the hour, the glorious hour, when none on earth shall exercise a lordly power, nor in a tyrant's presence cower, but to all manhood's stature tower by equal birth. That hour will come to each, to all, and from his prison house to thrall, go forth. Until that year, day, hour arrive, with head and heart and hand, I'll strive to break the rod and rend the jive, the spoiler of his prey deprive. So witness heaven, and never from my chosen post, whatever the peril or the cost, be driven. Thank you for listening to the KIRP radio show. That was Frederick Douglass to speak on July 5th. Uh, the title of the speech was What Independence Day Means to the Negro in America. All right, folks, we'll check you guys out next week, same time, same place. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, all over the place, folks. You know, we're trying to do a B.I.G., and you're definitely B.I.G. in my book for listening to the KRP Radio Show with your boy Pudgy. Twitter, at symbol KRP Radio Show. Also, at symbol NC Pudgy. Shout out to all my shout outs out there. I see a lot of people gave us some shout outs. Shout out to you all. Don't forget to check us out next week, man. Should pro sports be genderless? Co-ed NFL, NBA, MLB, and et cetera. We're going to be live, 619-638-8559. Next week, folks, we'll talk to you then. Remember, communication is the key. God is love. Love is God. We are out of here in one love. K-I-R-P Radio! I got to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie.